Good morning. Uh, how many of you were ever a child at one point in your life? Okay, a few of you. Okay, some of you aren't sure. Uh, how many of you accepted? How many of you went to vacation Bible school as a kid? Anyone? All right, good. How many of you accepted Jesus as your Savior when you were a child? Wow, many of you, several of you. Okay. Our vacation Bible school is happening this week, and we need you to register your kids, your kids' kids, your neighbor's kids, every child that you've ever met, every child in your neighborhood. We need you to register all of them this week. Uh, VBS is coming up, and it's going to be awesome. It's literally going to be a blast. I think that's their theme. And... uh, and we, uh, this is one of those times when I come to you as, as your pastor and say, let's, let's get with it. Let's, it's time to register those kids. It's coming up this week. You don't want to miss it. Are you hearing me? We got we to we gotta get on this this week and have a great vacation Bible school. Um, VBS used to be called DVBS. And we, one of our kids, I won't say which one, um, turned DVBS when she, was a, when she was a munchkin. She turned it into heebie-jeebie-s. That's the way it sounded in their head. That's the way we go into heebie-jeebies. And we'll try not to give anyone the heebie-jeebies this week. Uh, but it's going, to be, it's going to be awesome. So there is a registration table out in the lobby. And uh, there's hundreds of these cards that we want you to pick up and give out to everyone that you know. It's August 25th to the 28th, 6 to 8 p.m. It's $5 a child or $10 a family, which if you're the bandies, that's a bargain. But their kids are all out of VBS now. Anyhow, that's, uh, that's that. So that's going to be... So Sean's probably still in VBS. Wherever Sean is. Sorry about that, Sean. Uh, you can punch me in the arm later. Okay. So, and it's more than VBS for, for the children's ministry. It's, it's the back-to-school blast. And, it, and it's a momentum builder for the fall for our children's ministry. And it's a great way to introduce children to Jesus. Okay. Uh, only two more Sundays of our flip-flop series. And then we're going into our fall series, which I am... Just, I can hardly contain my excitement about the fall series, Come Back, which you heard several times in video announcements. And then when Pastor Dale was up here telling you about the two services on the 7th. So Come Back series begins on the 7th. And those of you who have been here most of the summer, uh, you've been tracking with us. You know that we've, as a church, we've actually been building momentum all summer, which is crazy for, no church does that in the summertime. That's been crazy. Uh, so we're going into the fall with, with enthusiasm and optimism, and uh, we have new staff in place. We have a new youth pastor uh, coming the 1st of September, Drew and Amy Donovan, coming all the way from New Zealand. Uh, a true, he's not from New Zealand, he's from New Brunswick, but they've been out there the last eight years. Uh, Drew is a true youth ministry professional with 16 years of experience, okay? And so he's no slouch. He's a pro. And on September 7th, I'm going to announce our next God-sized, God-given goal that we are going to claim and accomplish for God's glory. So you don't want to miss September 7th to hear what's coming next for us as a church. So don't wait until, you know, week three or four of the comeback series to come back. Don't wait for week three or four of the series to invite people. Uh, get on it the first week on September 7th. Get everyone here so that you don't miss a thing. It's going to be pure awesome sauce. I can hardly wait. All right. 
So this Sunday, next Sunday, the last two Sundays of our summer series, Flip Flops, we're going to do Isaiah 43 this Sunday. And then we'll wrap up the series next Sunday with Isaiah 53. We're going to share communion together next Sunday. It's going to be, we're going to blow the roof off this place. It's going to be awesome. Let's jump right into our text, Isaiah chapter 43. And we're going to read the first 13 verses of Isaiah 43. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I've called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt as a ransom for your freedom. I gave Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Others were given in exchange for you. I traded their lives for yours because you are precious to me. You are honored and I love you. Do not be afraid for I am with you. I will gather you and your children from east and west. I will say to the north and south, bring my sons and daughters back to Israel from the distant corners of the earth. Bring all who claim me as their God, for I have made them for my glory. It was I who created them. Bring out the people who have eyes but are blind, who have ears but are deaf. Gather the nations together. Assemble the peoples of the world. Which of their idols has ever foretold such things? Which can predict what will happen tomorrow? Where are the witnesses of such predictions? Who can verify that they spoke the truth? But you are my witnesses, O Israel, says the Lord. You are my servant. You've been chosen to know me, believe in me, and understand that I alone am God. There is no other God. There never has been, and there never will be. I, yes, I am the Lord, and there is no other Savior. First, I predicted your rescue. Then, I saved you and proclaimed it to the world. No foreign God has ever done this. You are witnesses that I am the only God, says the Lord, from eternity to eternity. I am God. No one can snatch anyone out of my hand. No one can undo what I have done. Let's go back to verse 1. We could put verse 1 up on the screen. Back to verse 1 and read it again. But this time I want you to take out the names Jacob and Israel and I want you to put in your name. We're going to read verse 1 again. You're going to take out Jacob and Israel, and you're going to put in your name. You, know, you can read it out loud if you want. You don't have to. Here we go. But now, oh, and fill in your name. Listen to the Lord who created you, oh. The one who formed you says, do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. Listen, listen to the Lord who created you. You listening? We all have fears. Apparently, you're only born with two fears. 
loud noises and the fear of falling. I make loud noises while I'm falling, which probably makes me terrifying to small children. <laughs> I was thinking about some of my fears, and I thought, I, uh, I, I'm not afraid of telling you what my fears are, so I will share with you this morning what some of my fears are. Uh, I've always been afraid of heights. Anybody else? No likey the heighties? Yeah, always been afraid of heights. Even if I'm watching TV and it's, you know how sometimes they do like a camera shot straight down a building? That just flips my, my innards and everything. Just, I ugh, have to turn away. Can't even, can't even watch heights on a TV. Uh, I cannot watch someone walk a tightrope. Can't do it. Uh, it just, it just, I don't know, just something about heights. And even though I'm on the, you know, the ground, or even if I'm watching, I just, I just can't, I got to turn away. Cannot watch someone tightrope. Um, fear of heights is actually biblical because Jesus said, lo, I am with you always, right? Um, I, got, I got lots of fresh corn coming at you this morning. It's corn season. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't like tight spaces. Like claustrophobia, anybody, anyone else like that? Don't like tight spaces. Um, and what is it about not being able to, to flail that makes you have to flail? Like you just, and, 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 and then realizing, wait, I can't flail. Like I never flail. But you're just like, wait, I, even if I wanted to flail right now, I can't flail and that freaks me out. Now I can't breathe and I got to get out of here now. It's just the, the tight spaces. Uh, I don't like that at all. Uh, I got other fears like swimming with sharks, drinking decaf, spiders, removing carpet, uh, public speaking, and, you know, really scary stuff. Anyone afraid of public speaking? Would you like to come up and tell us about that right now? <laughs> Let's see, this, this doesn't bother me at all, but, but people say, do you ever get nervous? Only when I'm not ready. Only, but anyhow, most of the time, no, I, I, don't, I don't get nervous about public speaking. But we all have fears. I've got them, and, and you have them. Some of your fears are, are situational. Some of them are, are temporary. You can, you, can, you, know, you can face that fear for a short amount of time, but then, after, you know, once it's done, you've got to get out of there. Some of them are real, and, and some of those real fears can, can press in on you. They can, they can weigh in on you. And it seems as though, from this text that we read in Isaiah, it seems as though God understands our fears. He knows exactly how we're wired, and he knows that we're going to find things in this world. You know, you're just going through life. You're doing life to the best of your ability, and God knows that we're, we're going to come up against some stuff that are, that are going to make us afraid, but he doesn't want us to be afraid. You see, followers of Jesus should be defeaters of fear. Followers of Jesus should be defeaters of fear, fear defeaters, fear fighters. The, we're the formerly afraid. Fear should be afraid of you if you're a follower of Jesus because you have something in you that fear cannot overcome. You have the antidote of, of fear. You can laugh at fear. You can stand up to fear. You can look your fears straight in the eye and you can say, no way, not today. 
Uh, you can't stay because I have the living, breathing, eternal spirit of God living inside me. I have the same power that resurrected Jesus is inside of me. So I'm not afraid. I'm not intimidated. I'm not weak. I am God's child. And greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. So, you know, you can be the formerly afraid, fear defeaters. I was thinking about this uh, getting rid of, of fear, getting rid of something and wondering, you know, what is it in, what, what is an example of something in my life that I would really want to get rid of? And uh, the first thing that came to my mind are allergies. Oh, God, help me. I'd love to get rid of allergies. Uh, any allergy sufferers out there? That can, I, can, I, can I get a witness? Anyone? Come forward now. Let's pray together. Good night. And if you suffer from allergies, you know that allergy season is from January till December. Right? Like, and, and I was watching this, this commercial. I was watching TV and this commercial came on yesterday and it said, it's allergy season. And I'm like, you play that commercial 12 months a year. Like, you're just, you're just playing to people like me who, who suffer all the time. When is it not allergy season? And so, true story, I went to an allergy doctor one time, and he said, uh, he told me that all of my allergies are airborne. Oh, good. All I need to do is eliminate all the air out of my life. And allergies won't be a problem anymore. Well, that's good because, you know, it's not like the air is everywhere. Like, what am I supposed to do with that? And that, so they started giving me needles for, to deal with my allergies, and they inject you with what you're allergic to. Does this sound like a bad idea to anybody else? <laughs> we, we have what you're allergic to, and we're going to put some of that into this syringe, and we're going to shoot what you are allergic to into your arm, Mr. Guptal, and you're going to feel better. And I'm like, well, you're the doctor. Let, you know, let's, let's do this. And so I was taking these needles once a week, and about halfway through the treatment, go figure, I had a severe allergic reaction. Duh. Well, yeah, you're shooting this stuff into my arm. It almost killed me with this stuff. So it was really bad this summer. Last week, I went to my doctor. I said, Doc, you got to help me out. I'm desperate. And he said, okay, we have this super duper top secret medication that I can give you, but you're not allowed to tell anyone about it. So I'm only telling you. And the other day, I'm out walking the dog, and which I'm probably allergic to her too, right? Like, I'm probably allergic to Kleenex. <laughs> you know, oh, I can't see. It's like, it's crazy. Anyhow, I'm out walking the dog. And my allergies get really bad, and I take one of these super-duper top-secret pills. And immediately, all of our neighbor's grass gets sucked back into the ground. And the leaves on the trees just... They just, they just get sucked back into the trees. And no, it's like this force field around me. No dust or pollen can get within a hundred feet of me. And I, I'm just, I'm just in this bubble and I can breathe like a normal person. And it, and it was, and it was, I made that up. Actually, my doctor's here right now and he's probably ready to put me on stress leave after listening to that story. I, 
I can't just get rid of my allergies. Like, it's just, it's not going to happen unless, unless God takes it from me. Now, why did I tell you all that? Because Isaiah does something really cool. He, he connects listening to the Lord as a way of getting rid of your fear. He says, if you want, if, you, if, you're, if you're battling fear, if you're dealing with fear, if fear is an issue in your life, the way to get rid of fear, and there is a way, and it's not super top secret, and we didn't make it up. And he says, the way that you get rid of, of fear in your life is by listening to the Lord. When you, when you take in God's voice, you drive out fear. When you take in God's voice, you drive out fear. Listening to God's voice, it's like, it's like fear repellent. You know, and it just, it just, fear can't come at you when you're, when you're taking in the presence of God, listening to God's voice. The volume of God's voice in your life turns down the volume of fear in your life. Kind of like me last week, I had this really loud squeak in my car, and so I did what you did. I, do, I did what you do, right? Turned up my radio. Did it make the squeal go away? Yes. Did it fix the problem? No. <laughs> but I did it anyhow. Listening to God's voice not only drives out fear, but it fixes. It fixes the issues that are causing that fear in the first place. Now, if you've ever had kids, been talking about kids a little bit this morning, if you've ever had kids, you know that that listening is a discipline, right? Listening is a discipline. You ever notice how much time we spend teaching kids how to walk and talk, and as soon as they master that, we tell them to sit down and be quiet? Is that not weird? Very few of us are natural-born listeners. Very few of us are born you know, just, just really good listeners. Most of us, it, it's a discipline. It's a challenge. It's, it's a fight. You've got to be intentional to, to, to pull away, to, to draw out of the, 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 the noise and the busyness and the craziness. It's a real challenge to, for, to, for you to get yourself into a place where you can just sit down and, 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 and relax and listen for God's voice in your life. How can we follow God if we don't listen to God? How can we follow God if we don't listen to God? It's no wonder that our culture is anxious and stressed and depressed and burning out. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Proverbs 2, 1 through 4, My child... Listen to what I say. Treasure my commands. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 27, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Philippians 4, verse 6, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need 
and thank him for all that he has done. Psalm 37, verse 7, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, and we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know that he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. Isaiah encourages us to listen. Listen to the Lord who created you. The one who formed you, Isaiah says. The one who ransomed you. The one who calls you by name. The one who says, you are mine. Listen. Listen to him. And do not be afraid. Well, like I said earlier, I've got some fresh corn coming in this message. And, and here comes some corn. And this, this is corny. This is, this is corny. This is, this is boiled corn dipped in hot cheese. This is corny and cheesy both coming at you. I'm just telling you up front, okay? Everybody hasn't groaned and moaned. I can't believe it. said, okay? And, and, and it's the one thing that I'm hoping you're going to remember. So it's extra corny, extra cheesy, and hopefully it's, it's sticky. And it's memorable, and you're going to take it away, and someone's going to say, how is church? And this is what you're going to say, and they're going to say, is that ever corny? And you're going to say, yeah, but I remembered it. Okay, are you ready? All right, here we go. Fear disappears when I hear Jesus in my ears. Isn't that corny? Is all right? Fear, you can remember it though, can't you? Fear disappears when I hear Jesus in my ears. Now I'm just like you, and, and I get afraid. And there's times when I feel like, I don't know. It's just, you just, you just feel it coming on. You're like, I don't like this. I don't like the feeling of this. This is not the way that God wants me to, to feel. And, and I, I, I just don't want to live this way. And I'm going to deal with this. And I have to pull away. Jesus himself pulled away from the crowds. And I have to pull away. And I have to get some quiet time. And I have to listen to God's voice speak to me. And I believe it to be true, and I've, I've seen it to be true in my own life, that fear disappears when I hear Jesus in my ears. When you listen to the Lord, you force out fear. You cause it to flee. Fear and God's presence can't share the same rent. They can't stand on the same corner. They cannot have the same address. Psalm 23 David said, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Okay, back to our text, Isaiah chapter 43. Now we're into verse 2. We've only got, what, 12 more verses to go. That was a good start. Verse 2, Isaiah anticipates all the things that are going through our heads. And he says, listen to the Lord, you won't be afraid. And then all this stuff comes up. And he anticipates all the scenarios that we can come up with where we rationalize our fears. And well, yeah, but yeah, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, yeah, but yeah, but you don't, you don't know what I'm dealing with. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know why I have this fear. And he anticipates all of that. Here it is, verse two. 
He says, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. There are three whens and there are three wills in verse 2. Three whens and three wills. The, the, The three whens are not three ifs. It's not if this happens to you or if God knows that that life is going to happen to us. It's not a matter of if we will experience these things. It's when. There are three whens in verse 2. Because you're either in a valley or you're coming out of a valley or you're headed for a valley. Isn't that good news? No. Okay. But it's life, right? It's life. We're all doing life. But catch this. For every when, there are three of them that you encounter, God has a will. There are three wills for the three winds. In verse 2, here we go. When it's getting deep. When you are over your head. When it's difficult. When the pressure's on. God won't let you down. He won't let you drown. He won't let life overwhelm you. He won't let the fire or the pressure cooker consume you. He says, when you go through deep water, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be consumed. That's good news. That's good news. Now, not being consumed, even though you are walking through the fire, hmm, does that sound familiar to anyone? Any Old Testament? Anybody? Anybody? No one. Okay, let me help you out. The last Sunday of June, we had a very special guest preacher, Leonard Anderson. Was anybody here for that? Pastor Lennett is in the house right now. Brother, hey, hey, come on. There he is. He is a Moncton Wesleyan rock star. Let me tell you that. And by the way, he is booked for next June. I'm just saying that publicly so we can all hold him accountable for that next June. (laughs) Uh, And Pastor Lennett, referred to the story that I'm thinking about from the Old Testament, from the book of Daniel. Pastor Lennett referred to it as a story of Shadrach, Meshach, and the other guy. And the other guy. I'm not going to tell you what he called the third boy. My shack, your shack, and a bungalow. Whatever, however you want to call it, right? Those guys. Now, (laughs) some of you are going to go back. Well, I got to watch the sermon. I got to see what he said. What did he call? Daniel's account of the three Hebrew boys refusing to bow down to King Nebuchadnezzar and Nebuchadnezzar's 90-foot gold statue, that story, there's a there's hundred years or more between Isaiah and, and Daniel, okay? About 120 years, give or take, in there somewhere, okay? But Isaiah was a prophet. And so as a prophet, I mean, he, he, could, he was inspired by the Holy Spirit. So he could say, you know, whatever the Holy Spirit was giving him prophetic insight into the future, okay? So, are you tracking with this? Isaiah was written, right? And then about 120 years later, Daniel and the boys are, are, are going through this, okay? Here's the Cole's notes of the story. The king makes a giant statue of gold, 90 feet tall. And whenever the band starts playing, you have to stop, drop, and kneel in front of the statue. And if you don't, You'll be thrown into the furnace. It's kind of like, it's kind of like hot potato, except if you lose, they turn you into the hot potato. That's you know, oh, you're out. Whoop, in the fire you go. 
So somebody presses play on the boombox, and the nation stops and bows, everyone except for Shad, Mish, and Abed. And the king has a royal hissy fit. He just loses it. And listen to their response to King Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel chapter 3, verses 17 and 18, where these boys say to the king, If, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. In all due respect, your fire ain't going to work. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship that gold statue that you've set up. Now, it's quite possible that Daniel and his friends were familiar with Isaiah and Isaiah's writing. It's very, that's very likely. It's possible. It's not necessary for either one of those texts, but it's possible. Possible that, that as they were saying that to King Nebuchadnezzar, that, that they were echoing Isaiah's words from 43 verse 2, when Isaiah said, When you walk through the fire of oppression... You will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. It's possible that that the boys had this rolling in in their mind. Possible that they were crazy enough to take God at his word, literally... And, and we know, if you've been watching the news the last few weeks, there are people around the world right now who are refusing to bow, even if it means their lives. They're saying, hey, I'm not going to bow. And God might, God might rescue me out of this, but even if he doesn't, I'm still not going to bow. Even if he doesn't. Some of you might feel stuck in the even if he doesn't this morning. What if God doesn't answer the way we want him to answer? What if he doesn't show up? What if I don't get my miracle? What if I burn in the fire? Even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, is a statement of deep faith that God's presence in my life is not conditional on my predicament. It's foundational on God's promises. It's not conditional. You see, you can't pull petals off a daisy to find out if if God loves you. You can't do that. You can't base it on the weather, on a good day or a bad day, or or whether things are going your way, or whether you are hearing uh, from God, or whether God is silent, or whether your friends' lives are going perfect, but you seem to be the one with all the issues. You can't base it on whether or not God answers immediately or if he stays silent or if he heals someone else. But, but your situation does not improve. The cross of Jesus Christ is our reminder that God loves us in any circumstance, no matter how bad it gets. You're not going to have a worse day than Jesus on the cross. The cross is our reminder that God so loved this world, every single one of us in this room this morning, that God so loved us that he gave his very best. The cross reminds us you won't have a worse day than Jesus, that God sees you, that God knows what you are going through, that God is with you in your fire. Just like Isaiah told us, just like David told us in Psalm 23, just like those three Hebrew boys told Nebuchadnezzar, even if I walk 
through the fire, I will fear no evil. Now, if you're facing fear this morning, and if fear is creeping up on you or consuming you, make the time. Find the time to just sit in God's presence and listen for his voice and let him, let let the voice of God, let the presence of God drive the fear out of your life. Okay, let's jump to the middle of verse 10. And we're going to come in for a a good hard landing, fasten your seatbelts. The middle of verse 10. God says, you have been chosen to know me. Believe in me. And understand that I alone am God. There's no other God. There never has been. There never will be. I, yes, I am the Lord. There's no other Savior. First, I predicted your rescue. Then, I saved you and, and proclaimed it to the world. I, I, just, I just love that. God wants to rescue you. God wants to rescue the first great rescue that God wants to do in your life is to save your soul. That's it. That's the first way that God, that's the most important one. That's the way that that God wants to save you. He wants to save your soul for eternity today. He wants to rescue you from being separated from him for eternity. And then I love how in verse 12, he says, I'm not only going to rescue you, but I want to proclaim it to the whole world. And, 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 and scripture tells us that, that heaven and the angels rejoice when, when one of God's children is rescued. And if you come to faith in Jesus Christ this morning, God, God is going to celebrate. He wants to proclaim it to the whole world. The church will cheer for you. It's, it's, it's the most important decision that you'll ever make. God is crazy about you. And when we surrender our lives to him, heaven rejoices. Verse 13. From eternity to eternity, I am God. No one can snatch you out of my hand. No one can undo what I have done. No one in the original Greek, in the original Hebrew means no one. Not toddlers. Not teenagers. Not co-workers. Not bosses not spouses, not family members, no one. No one can undo your relationship with God. Fear disappears when I hear Jesus in my ears. Let's bow together. The first prayer that I'd like to lead us in this morning is for those of us who are dealing with fear. Maybe it's not all the time, but more often than we would like. And there are things that we're afraid of. Could be the future, could be our situation, could be a relationship, could be a health issue, could be finances, could be a lot of things. And if you're here this morning and you really, you want to give those fears to the Lord and you want to invite his presence to come and and, and just fill you to the point that all fear has to leave and and you want to give those fears over to God and be free from them this morning, would you just raise a hand so I can pray for you here in the next next few minutes? All right, let's pray for that. Lord, you see these hearts, these lives, you know 
each person's story. You created them. You love them. Uh, you know exactly what they're facing, the things that, that stir up or bring on this, this, this feeling of fear. Maybe it, maybe it feels like anxiety. Maybe it feels like stress. Whatever it is, God, it doesn't feel like your presence and it doesn't seem like that's the way that you want your children to live. And so, God, right now, we, we give those fears to you and uh, we ask, God, that you would come, that we would hear your voice as we simply sit here and listen for your voice, that we would invite your presence to come into every part of our lives. That we would just say again this morning, Lord, that, that we want you to be first in our lives. We don't want to have any other gods before you. We want you to be Lord over every area of our lives. And we just receive uh, your presence in a way this morning that would drive out fear. And Lord, as we go into our week and all the whens happen of our week, pray that you would remind us of all the things that you will do in our lives and, and help us Lord to, to turn to you, help us to run to you, help us to, to pull back away from whatever that is that's causing the fear and help us to, to take the time to just sit and listen and uh, to ask you to, to calm the storms in our hearts and to drive out fear. Uh, maybe there are some others here this morning who said, Pastor Tim, I haven't been taking the time to listen to God. My life is crazy, and I've been too busy for God, and I don't know how I can follow God if I don't listen to God. And, and I'd, I'd like to pray this morning that God would help me to find the time, to make the time, to, to be disciplined enough to pull out of the chaos and to make time to listen for his voice. And if that's you this morning, would you just raise a hand and say, Pastor Tim, would you pray that I'd, I would listen to God more? Okay, let's pray for those folks. Lord, you see these hearts and lives. And it's a battle. We, we, we understand, Lord, we're, we're in a war zone every week. And this doesn't come easy. This requires discipline. And Lord, would you give us the strength? Would you give us the the, the wisdom to pull away, to re retreat, to get off to a quiet spot, just to be still, just to be still and say, Jesus, I'm listening. I'm listening. There's nothing I want more than to follow you, to be in step with you. Teach me to listen. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. And maybe there are some others here this morning who you recognize that, uh, that God needs to do a rescue job in your life and that you've never made that most important decision to accept and follow Jesus Christ as your Savior. Maybe this is your first time here this morning. Someone invited you and bam, you're hit with, with the presence of God and God's giving you a, a, an opportunity to choose to follow Him. Maybe you've been here a long time. And you keep saying next week, next week, sometime. And you haven't made that, that important decision. Um, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And if you'd like to accept Christ into your life, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. And then, just telling you up front, that after we pray this prayer, I'm going to ask, if there's anyone who prayed this prayer, would you stand to your feet? Because we don't want just heaven to rejoice. 
We don't want this to just be a, a private decision between you and God. We want to cheer you on as your church family and encourage you and rejoice with you. So let's pray together. Jesus, for those right now who realize they need to be rescued, I pray that you would give them the courage to simply say, right now, they can say it out loud, they can pray this prayer in their heart, Jesus, I believe that you are God's son, that your presence is here right now. You're here to rescue my soul for eternity, and I invite you to come into my life. And I'm saying in this moment, that I will follow you with the rest of my life, that I will serve you, that I will listen for your voice. This is more than just a decision that I make in this moment. This is, this, this is an eternal decision. That Jesus, I believe you are God's son, that you came to this earth to die for my sin, that you rose again, and that someday we will spend eternity in heaven. Jesus, I, I ask you to come into my life to... to to forgive me of every wrong that I've ever done, to set me free. I receive your offer of forgiveness and grace and mercy this morning. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me this opportunity this morning to become your child. Thank you for rescuing me right now in this moment. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.